another episode of the Most Delicious Life podcast. I hope everybody is having an amazing day whenever you listen to this. And just thank you so much for all the love and support on our first two episodes. I cannot believe that we are already up to episode three. The time is literally going by so fast. Um, it's wild, but I hope, like I said, you guys have all had an amazing week. Um, my week has been good. It's been a bit up and down. If I'm really honest with you guys, I definitely like had a dip in my energy when it came to like Tuesday and Wednesday, I was just tired. Um, I just really wasn't feeling it, but like, that's just life. We need to be able to adapt and handle these ebbs and flows. Um, Oh my goodness. So today we are going to be talking about, as you've probably seen from the title, easy ways to implement change in your life. I feel like it is just such a big topic, creating change, like implementing new habits, making them stick. So I'm going to talk about some easy ways that we can, you know, um, create new habits and make them stick. And it's probably not going to be what you guys are expecting me to say. Um, but anyway, so how has my past week been? Let's do our little check-in. Um, last weekend was freaking amazing. Last weekend was so wholesome. We had no plans. So me and my partner just got to hang out. We watched the sunrise on Friday and on Saturday and had morning swims. Um, Sunday, I definitely had a big sleep in, which is awesome. And then we still went down for like a morning coffee and a swim. And we just spent most of our weekend doing work, hanging out with our friends. Um, I was nursing a bit of an ankle injury cause I do play soccer. We play on Friday nights and last Friday night I collided with a girl in like the last five minutes. So it wasn't too bad. Um, but I was not really able to walk very well on Saturday. I like very, very, very slowly walked from my house down to the beach, down to the cafes, like kind of one step at a time vibes. Um, and then later that day, me and my boyfriend went to Bunnings to get some indoor plants because, oh my God, I'm pretty sure last episode or the episode before I was telling you guys how Pete is a plant guy. Well, I'm a fucking plant girl now. I, <laughs> I have been changed. I am obsessed obsessed, I tell you, with my indoor plants. Like I never got it because in our old house, we only ever had plants outside because there wasn't enough light indoors to have indoor plants. And now we have such a bright living room. We can have all these plants. And I'm like, I fucking get it. I get the obsession. It has just made my space so nice. It's so pleasant to be there. Um, and I just really, really enjoy our lounge room. And I'm literally like, can we get more plants? Like I'm ready. I'm ready to go back to Buddings. I'm ready to get more plants. Um, Kmart at the moment has some absolutely cute ass freaking pot plants. Sorry, pots, not the plants, the pots. So if you need, if you need um, pots for your plants, guys, head to Kmart because there's amazing, amazing green ones in at the moment. And green is my absolute favorite color. And then there's all these really cute pink ones as well. But I do, I really want like a bright orange pot. I don't know what it is, but something about orange just has a bit of a stranglehold on me at the moment. And I'm so obsessed. Like green and orange, oh, beautiful. But anyway, the point of that story is, is because I couldn't walk, Pete was like driving me around. I was sitting on the base of those um, Bunnings 
trolleys and he was like pushing me around on that because I was too slow <laughs> for him um, walking around and my ankle was getting really sore. So that's kind of like what I've been dealing with. This past week, I've honestly hardly even been training. And that's purely because I just haven't fucking felt like it. And it's so funny coming off the back of last week's conversation about making movement for life and having a much less rigid idea of exercise and also making it fun, like making it enjoyable. And for me this week, going to the gym just wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't fun. I wasn't interested in it. And sure, like that isn't going to be how I'm going to navigate every single week because sometimes it's a little bit more important to push through. But it wasn't that I wasn't exercising at all just because of that. Like Monday night, I went and did my second ever spin class. Um, Pete came to the gym for the first time, like my gym for the first time, and we went and did spin class with our friends. Oh my fucking God. I don't know what is wrong with me. But for some reason, I think I was the sweatiest person in that room. Like I had to wipe down the side of my bike because I was sweating so much. And I like asked my friends at the end and they're like, I was like, do you guys have to wipe down the ground? And they're like, no. I was like, what's wrong with me? Why am I sweating so much? But then a client later that week told me that apparently the fitter you are, the quicker you start sweating. I don't know if that's true, but I'm just going to take it on board and be like, it's because I'm really fucking fit um, that I sweat so much because guys, I never used to be a sweater. And I don't know if that's just because I wasn't working hard enough, but I never, ever used to be a sweater. So I just don't know what's going on. So yeah, spin class on Monday, then Tuesday, I went for a really big walk. I had soccer training that night, which I kind of only did half of purely because of like the whole ankle situation. You know, we're still, still not hundred percent. I would say she's about 85% and I have a game again tonight, which I will be playing. Um, and then yeah, Wednesday we trained legs and Thursday was a big walk and Friday has been a big walk plus soccer tonight. So, you know, it's still about moving your body and making exercise a part of your day to day and a part of your life, but it just does it just doesn't always have to be your regular scheduled um, routine gym workout. So if you ever have a week, guys, where you're literally just not feeling it, it might actually just be the environment of the gym doesn't feel aligned with you right now. Go exercise in a different way. Go for a swim, go to the local pool, go for a big 10K walk, like still get your like exercise happening. Just be flexible with it. Allow it to occur in a different way. Now, I did just have to pause the episode because my dad called and he wanted to say hello to everybody. He wants to say that he hopes everybody is having a good day. But hello from my father to all my podcast listeners. Also this week, I had the most random, like, core memory freaking drop into my brain. Like, the most... Ag- aggravating, traumatizing memory, like, you know, diet culture through and through. So does anybody remember the I Quit Sugar Woman? And it's so fine if you don't, but I remember I had her cookbook and it was all about how you can cook and eat without consuming any sugar. And I reckon I probably purchased that book like, you know, 2014 or 2015, 16, something like that. And 
I, I don't know what made me think of it the other day. I think I was eating a banana and I was just like, wow, remember that nutcase woman who told us not to eat sugar? And then I was thinking like, you know, well, bananas have sugar. Does she tell people not to eat fruit? So I decided to Google it. She's still going and she's still got a website and everything. And they do eight week challenges. So I started digging and of fucking course in the frequently asked questions, there's a, que- there's, there's a question asking, can I eat fruit? And guys... To say I lost my mind, I lost my mind because, you know, fruit has sugar. It has fructose. This is different to refined sugar that you'll find in like cakes and crap, you know? And on the website, it says, yes, we still recommend eating one to two pieces of fruit a day, but more specifically, they recommend eating one to two pieces of whole fruits. Now, in now, now, how I'm reading that is not we recommend eating one to two whole pieces of fruit. They're saying whole fruits, and I don't quite understand what that means, but I'm assuming it's along the lines of, like, you know, the whole food movement. Oh, you need to eat whole foods, i.e. meaning foods that are really nourishing for you, and I'm like, what fruit is not nourishing for your body? So I'm just, I'm confused on that. I'm, on, I'm confused on that part. Anyway. It continues on the website saying that keep eating fruits, but during the eight-week program, we recommend you stop eating fruits so your body can recalibrate. Recalibrate! What does that mean? What does that mean, crazy I quit sugar lady? Like, are you a fucking computer from 2003? Ah! I'm dying, guys. I'm so mad because I just don't understand what that means. Oh my God. And then they recommend to introduce the fruit slowly back into your diet so you can monitor how your body reacts, but they only want you to eat low fructose fruit because, oh my goodness, a banana has one to four teaspoons of sugar. (gasps) Oh my God, naughty fructose. Like what the actual fuck diet culture absolutely killed me as a teenager. And I just cannot believe that it is still going on these days. So they're low fructose fruits they recommend is like berries and kiwi fruit and grapefruit and I'm just like how fucking boring how boring can you be like give me a fucking banana smoothie give me my banana bread give me an apple what happened to an apple a day keeps a doctor away what happened to pick your fucking battles you know why are we so concerned about sugar in fruit when there's much bigger battles to focus on battles like overeating under eating, not eating enough protein. What about those battles? And we're choosing to pick on fruit. It just blows my bloody little mind. Like, honestly, I just do not think that anybody's eating too much fructose for it to be a bad thing for our bodies. And this just made me so freaking mad because guys, like (sighs) diet culture is just such a whole thing. And I think we're still influenced by it so heavily without even realizing It's those moments where we go to the cupboard wanting to have a sandwich and then we go, oh, maybe I shouldn't have a sandwich because of the bread. And it's not even like a thought that really comes into it, you know, because of the bread, because of da-da-da-da-da-da. We just know for some reason in our mind that we feel resistance towards bread, that we feel resistance towards carbohydrates, that the word fat scares us. We don't even understand or know why. We just know that we don't want to 
like lean into that version of ourselves because what if, what could happen? And I bet if I asked any of you guys what would happen if you went and ate this or did that, you wouldn't even have an answer or you would be too afraid to answer the question because it would have something to do with your body. And now you've been shamed to actually not want to express your thoughts and feelings about your body because what if I actually did want to lose weight and then you feel wrong because you're trying to fight back against diet culture. And I just want you to realize that no matter what you feel towards your body, no matter what you want for it, you're not wrong. You're not wrong ever. You're just maybe slightly uneducated in a certain area or don't have or or need a different perspective reflected to you in a different area. A lot of people wanting to lose body fat, they make it their only goal when they come to you and they like say, I want to be toned. I'm like, cool. So you want to be toned? So that actually means that you want to build muscle. That's not about you losing that body fat because it's going to be about you building muscle in the short term. And I say this with so much love, like I'm holding you guys in so much space because that was fucking me. I had no idea what my actual goal is. I had no idea what I actually wanted to achieve. All I knew is that I was looking up to these fitspos on Instagram. All I knew is that I I felt that I needed to stay small. And now I look back at photos of myself from like three years ago and I'm just like, wow, you were so small and you didn't even see it. You literally thought that girl was fat. And I'm just like, holy heck. If that version of me saw this version of me now, I actually think she'd probably scream. She'd probably, and I don't think from excitement, I think she'd be a little bit upset, but I am so fucking happy with how I am now. And that's on growth, right? That's on mental growth over physical growth. Yes, there's been physical growth, but that's not what's actually made me happy. That's not what's actually made me change. Oh my God. What a freaking tangent from the nutty I quit sugar woman to let's fucking accept our bodies. Woo. We love it. It's such a delicious life, guys. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with my podcast name. I don't even care. Um, But let's get into what I want to talk about today because I'm very, very excited. And that is easy ways to implement change in your life. Now, I could contradict myself with these examples because I might actually say them later on. But I feel like a lot of what, you know, people say to do when it's about making positive change in your life and becoming that next version of yourself in your life, it's things like write a to-do list, you know? It's things like make a vision board, set goals, journal. Now hold on to that one because I do recommend journaling. But it's all this like kind of tangible stuff of like get the goal out in front of you and then go after it. But that's actually not creating the change. It's setting the pretense. It's setting the standard of what you want to achieve, but it's not actually giving you, giving you a guide of how you're going to get there. It's just going, here's the end result that you need to get. And if you don't get here, well, then I'm a failure. Another thing, no one's a failure. It's just, it doesn't exist. But anyway, I'm not going to go down that freaking rabbit hole too. So the first thing that I have on my list of easy ways to implement change in your life is realizing that you are the boss of your own life. Nobody else. All the decisions of your actions and of your behaviors and of your emotions, they all come down to you. Once you get to, like, once you realize that you're the boss of your own life, you get to take the power back. You get to take the control back because we're so busy focusing on what your job wants from you, what your partner wants from you, what your friends want and what your family wants and what school wants. And cool, but what do you want? 
What does the boss of your life actually want? Because are you currently in the driver's seat or you're in the passenger seat? Are you letting life happen to you or are you actually making life happen for you? So you can wake up in the morning feeling tired and grumpy and annoyed that you're alive and existing, or you can wake up in the morning and go, oh my God, I'm so tired and I'm a bit feeling a bit grumpy because of this. And then you get to take control and go, cool, I don't like being tired in the mornings. How am I going to change that? Actually, okay, because I'm in control, I'm going to change when I go to bed. I'm going to change the fact that I'm actually not currently prioritizing my sleep. So instead of just complaining about things, actually look at what you're complaining about and then go, amazing, how can I change it? You know, because we can make complaining this like nothing act that we do with no purpose and it just brings like, like negative energy to the world. Or you can use complaining as a way to educate and show yourself on the areas of like show yourself, sorry, of the areas where you're lacking, i.e. you're lacking in your sleep health because you're waking up every single morning so tired. And this wasn't my next point, but I'm going to say it now because like I was saying last podcast episode, we need to be holding duality. My next point is complain less. Complaining comes from a place of lacking and not taking control of your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions. Again, are you taking responsibility for your life or are you just letting life happen to you? Because a lot of the time when we're complaining, we're complaining because we do not think that we have control. We don't think that we're able to make change when in reality, we actually are allowed to are able to make change. I think you're able to make change in so many more areas than you believe. Because it's not about making change of what other people are doing, on how your job fun- functions, on whatever the fuck you're complaining about. It's about making change in your own perspective and your own perception of the event that's occurring. So you can wake up and you can complain that you're really tired and that you wish you could have stayed in bed. But again, you could also take responsibility for how much sleep you're getting every night. You could take responsibility for what time you're going to bed. You could take responsibility for if you woke up and went straight on your phone or if you went and stood on your front balcony, you know, like how are you spending your mornings and your evenings? And I'm not going to get into like making a morning and a nighttime routine. But again, those small little changes, that is how you make big change in your life. That is how you implement change into your life by realizing that you have control. And I also just think by complaining, it just breeds so much negativity into our life. And I'm not saying again, that we need to be happy in every situation and that we need to find the bright side in every situation because like sometimes you just need a good fucking bitch with the friend, like with your girls. Sometimes you just need to absolutely go vent and have a whinge and that's okay. But I'd be super curious if somebody had a like a clicker every single time that you complained throughout the day, how many times it would actually be. Like I would love for you guys to reflect on how often you actually complain about things in your life. And it was so interesting because I had a client come to me or say to me in her session the other day that she was pondering this thought and that like Hannah's never tired. And I was like, yes, I, I do get tired. What do you mean? Like, of course I get tired. And she goes, yeah, but like, not really. And you don't drink coffee and you don't drink pre-workout and you always have so much energy. And it's like, I just choose not to complain about being tired to my clients and to most people because where's the benefit? Because if I'm tired, it's generally because 
I didn't control the factors that I can control and I didn't go to bed early enough or maybe I had soccer training the night before and I've just kind of got to suck it up. Like sometimes you do just have to suck it up. Um, so I just thought that was so interesting that she had that perception of me. And it's like, yeah, I do have a lot of energy, but fuck, I'm still human. I still get tired. Another way to implement change into your life is from controlling your environment. So again, it's this theme of what can we control and your environment is a massive thing that you can control. If you still live at home, control the environment in your bedroom. Do you keep it messy and dark and dank or do you open up the curtains in the morning? Do you make your bed in like in the morning? Do you have books on the nightstand? Do you dust your bedside table, you know? Do you vacuum your floor? Do you put your clothes away? Do you respect your items? Do you have candles? Do you light candles? Do you have a nice like fairy lights? Do you have green? Do you have plants in your room? Like what in your room, what in your house makes that your environment? Because you can exist and you can live in a space or you can thrive in a space and you get to cultivate what that thriving looks like. You know, I, I think like I said at the start, when we think about implementing change, we think about, okay, I need to do this and I need to do this. And it's all very rigid and very structured. But by making small changes around you, you actually begin to show up as a different person because you're creating the environment for the person you want to be, not the person that you are right now. Following on from that, don't make it need to be perfect. <laughs> I don't know if that English was right, but that's how I wrote it down. And I'm like, fuck it. That's how I'm going to roll with it. Don't make everything need to be perfect because I, I also wrote down perfect equals you're fucked. <laughs> and it actually does. Like perfection just does not exist. You'll hear me say it all the time. If you want to be perfect, you're taking away your humanness because humans are imperfect. And that's what makes life so fucking fun is that you actually don't know what's going to be coming up next. But if you're trying to create this perfect life, this perfect routine, this perfect change, it's just not going to fucking happen. And I'm going to use the example of a morning routine. So if you're trying to create this perfect morning routine, what happens to your stress levels when something goes wrong? What happens when your boyfriend calls you and, you know, his car's broken down? What happens when the kids are, are awake half an hour earlier than they're meant to be awake and now you have to look after them, you know? What happens when that perfect morning routine gets derailed? How does it set the tone for your day? Does it now mean that your day is ruined because you didn't go to get to do your perfect morning routine? Or are you able to... I guess, manipulate and jump to the next task and go, that's okay. I'll be able to do my perfect morning routine tomorrow. Um, but that does not mean anything about today. Today's still going to be an amazing day. And I actually love the topic of morning routines. And something that I've said to my clients for a really long time is that like morning routines aren't for everybody because I wake up at like 4.30. I'm not going to have a fucking morning routine. It's just not going to work for me because a lot of the time when you can implement a morning routine, it's about waking up half an hour earlier and we're talking to those people that like wake up at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. It's like, guys, you can have a morning routine. But that's just not going to be realistic for me. It's not going to be real realistic for a lot of other people. But in saying this, what I have realized is that we all already have morning routines. Because something has to go down between us getting out of bed, taking the morning pee, and then getting in our car to go to work or to go wherever we need to go. 
there's a system that we follow through. Like when I get out of bed, I pee, I brush my teeth, I cleanse my face, I walk out of the bedroom with my clothes and I go to the other bedroom and I sit down in front of the mirror and I put my BB cream on and I da-da-da-da. Like I do the rest of my routine. It doesn't it doesn't just not exist. There is a routine. There's a format that I've created. And that can be a really fucking mundane like that series of tasks, you know, nothing special is happening in happening in my morning between waking up and going to work. I'm not journaling. I'm not making a coffee. I'm not doing this. I'm not sitting out with the birds on my balcony. Like I'm not, but I get to make that as beautiful and as romantic as any other part of my day. It doesn't have to be journaling and sitting with your thoughts, but it could be putting on your BB cream and doing your makeup for the morning and reflecting or, you know, affirming how you want the day to go. Like you don't have to turn your phone on straight away. You don't have to turn a podcast on straight away. You don't have to turn the TV on straight away. You you can actually just sit there in your thoughts. And that's just as romantic and beautiful as getting to journal or going for the morning walk or, you know, having the coffee the perfect way. Like, you can create the, ru- the the beautiful routine at another point in your day. Maybe you have a really fulfilling afternoon routine, but realize that you already have routines and you don't need to create something new because when we put a pressure on ourselves to create something new and we want to insert an unnatural element to our morning routine, that's where things start to feel really resistant. And I, again, I'm not saying that you can't add things to your morning routine because that's also growth, you know? Like if you want to start cleansing your face in the morning and you don't do that, 100% go do that. If you want to journal in the morning and you've got time to do it, well then absolutely push yourself to do it and stick yourself out of your comfort zone and be disciplined about it. But if it's going to be unrealistic, if it's simply not for you, don't do it or don't force yourself to do it just because everybody else is it does not mean that you have to as well. You're living your own individual life. And now we can take it back to being in control of your own life. Because if you're doing something just because everybody else is doing it, how much control do you actually have in your life? For me, implementing change is a lot about realizing what you already have and not what you now need to go and create and do differently. It's actually just kind of reflecting on your current circumstances and going, wow, I've got so much abundance. Yeah, sure. There's things I want to change, but like, how can I build off of what I've already built? Because if we're constantly always looking to like overhaul 180 our life, it's going to get pretty fucking exhausting really, really quickly. And we're going to get too overwhelmed and too tired from it all. And then you know what? We're going to revert straight back to where we began. And then we're going to be on this cycle of never, ever changing. But you've also got the really simple things in implementing change, like doing shit that's good for your fucking health. So often we want to just jump straight to the end. You know, we just want to bypass all of the in-between, all of the figuring it out, and we just want it to be. But, you know, doing things like exercising, it's so fucking simple, but so many of us just want to bypass it and we don't want a bar of it. But yet if we're exercising, then again, we're showing ourselves that we're in control and we're showing ourselves that we actually prioritize and take care of ourselves. And that's on this list of implementing change. You cannot implement change and stick to it if you don't prioritize yourself, because why the fuck are you going to keep doing something for somebody who you don't care about? 
there has to be care and it has to come from a place of love for you to want to keep going back and for you to want to keep doing that beneficial thing for yourself. So if you're not caring for yourself, you don't prioritize yourself, you don't show yourself love and support and appreciation, that's the first thing that needs to change. That's the first thing. And that can come by starting to exercise. That can come by um, you know, prioritizing your sleep, prioritizing your 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 hydration. It's the simple things, keeping stress levels down, eating nourishingly. It's the really, really simple things that everybody wants to bypass and they just want to jump straight to the the mindset work and the manifesting and the journaling or they just want to skip straight to like, oh, what protein powder do I need to use? Should I use creatine? It's like you're looking at all the extra crap that people use once they've nailed the basics. And if you're coming in here going, yep, I want to change, I want to implement change, I want to create change, how many of the basics have you actually hit? You know, are the basics not what you're trying to change and rewrite your life to be able to achieve? So when we're looking at what we want to to change in our lives, we need to make sure that the change is aligned with our goals, that it's aligned with our values, and it aligns with what we want our life to look like. Like there's absolutely no point trying to do what Becky's doing if Becky's life doesn't appeal to you. You know, even if somebody's life does appeal to you, you need to remember that it's their life. You could live that exact same life and you would not be as fulfilled as that person because they are a different individual to you. You need to get clear on what it is that you want to achieve. And you know what? I'm going to say it, but you could figure that out through a vision board. You could figure that out through a vision board. I don't think vision boards are the answer to creating the change, but they are definitely useful in getting clear on what you want the change to be. But again, is it realistic or are we just making up the scenario that we're going to be a morning walk girly, we're going to drink our green juice, and then we're going to go to yoga at 11 a.m.? But you've got kids who have to get to school or you've got a job that starts at 8 a.m. or you're working as a nurse and you've got to do night shifts. It's like make it realistic. That could be your day off kind of vibe, but how are you going to stay in alignment on your day-to-day? Where are you creating the uformity? Uformity? Informity? Whatever. Um, (laughs) Because like I, from Monday to Thursday, need to wake up at 4.30 to get to work. But Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I get to live my best, like going for 10 kilometer walks, going to get my ice chime, going for a morning swim and watching the sunrise kind of life. But I don't get to do that on the Monday to Thursday. That doesn't mean that I resent or that I feel unaligned though on that Monday to Thursday, because I still make sure that there's flow throughout my day. It's not all about the morning. It's about throughout the day. I still make sure that I wake up appreciating life and being grateful for what I have because life is fucking beautiful. And if life feels heavy to you, then I think you need to have a look inwards and ask yourself why. What are the blocks and barriers that are making life feel so heavy that you feel like you can't overcome and make your life light and fluffy? Again, are you not taking care of yourself or prioritizing yourself? Are your goals actually not aligned with what you want in your life? Is your job unfulfilling and not going to get you where you want to go in life? Because that's pretty fucking important. And so many people stay in jobs that don't fulfill them because it's easy and because change is scary. But you know what's scarier? Living a life where you do not feel fulfilled. 
Oh my goodness. And this is why, I think I said in a previous podcast, this is why people wake up when they're like 40, 50, 60, and they've just been on autopilot and they have no fucking idea how they got to where they did in their life. And they've just like come into this consciousness because they're that bit older and they're retiring or their kids have moved out of home and their purpose, you know, for the past 20 years has just left them. And now they've woken up and they're going, oh my God, I don't have a purpose. What have I been working for? Because they've spent their entire lives working to provide for their family or working for money. And now they've got those things, their family's left, they've got the money, they've retired from their job. They're like, I've not done anything that I enjoy for the past 20, 30 years. Is that how you want to be living your life? Because if it is, well then shit, go keep on not prioritizing yourself and go keep on not caring for yourself and keep those unaligned goals. But if that's not how you want to live your life, then shake shit up and make a change, make a change. And you know, you're probably rolling your eyes because you're going, oh my God, this girl's just saying make a change. But I've given you all these different ways that you can make that change. It's just not the tangible write a to-do list that you want to hear. I'm giving you the hard truths right now and it's fucking delicious. I love it. I'm so excited to see you all make these, oh my God, I'm so sick of saying change, make these switches in your own lives. So to recap, when we're making these changes, when we're implementing changes in our lives, we're realizing that we are the boss. We're realizing that we already have the morning routine. We're realizing that we need to complain fucking less because life is just not that bad for so many of us. You're going to start controlling your own environments, lighting candles, putting up fairy lights, making it feel beautiful the way that you want it to feel beautiful. Everyone's definition of beautiful is going to be different. You are also going to start exercising because that's a form of self-care. And that goes in hand in hand with take care of yourself and prioritize yourself. Because if you're not prioritizing yourself, then why are you going to continue doing things that align with your goals? Because it's not going to feel important enough because you're not seeing yourself as important enough. What you need to realize is that you're worth these changes. You're worth putting in this effort to make these changes and to fucking stick to them. You know, these changes do not have to be big. That is what this whole list is about. Because a lot of the time when we talk about changes, yes, people go start small, but then like they're still really fucking big movements. And what I want to create is small, um, meaningful, but also sustainable improvements. So if you want to start waking up earlier, make it by 10 minutes. If you want to start getting into exercise, go for a walk in the afternoon for again, 10 minutes. It does not have to be massive. It does not have to be long. You can stay in the cycle of getting back out there, smashing yourself at the gym five days a week, doing it for one to two months and then falling off the bandwagon and going, well, it's just not for me. Or you could take a different approach. And I think a lot of people don't realize that taking a different approach is generally what they need because they see what they've been doing and they're going, that's the only approach that's perfect. That's the only approach that's right. That's the only approach that's going to get me to my end goal because the other approach, it takes a more roundabout way. What doesn't matter if it takes a roundabout way, but it still gets you to your destination and you actually got to enjoy more of a view because you've never gone that more about roundabout way. So how do you know that it's actually not more beautiful than the journey that you've been taking? 
if something that you've been doing has not been sticking, it has not been working, well then is that not a sign enough? that you need to try something different. It's like when kids have those wooden boxes and it's got all the shapes on it and they've got like a square in their hand and they're trying to shove it into a circle hole and you're watching them going, when are they gonna try the other hole? When are they gonna realize that the square is not going to go in the circle hole and that they need to put the square in the square hole and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for this kid to like click and get it. That's how it feels watching on when people refuse to change their approach to aligning with their goals. You're trying to put a square in a circle hole. It's just not going to fucking work. So be like the toddler and realize, you know, try once, try twice, try three times, but surely by the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time, you're going to realize that that approach just isn't working and you need to do something else. Oh my God, guys. I just love this conversation so much because I think everybody's always constantly trying to create and generate change and they make it feel like such a big, heavy process when it actually gets me really fucking fun because it's like you're creating and generating change to have a better life. Why does it have to be so hard? Why do you have to feel so much resistance towards it? So if I'm ever trying to create change and I feel resistance now, I kind of, I check in with myself and I'm like, is there resistance because this is a hard behavior that I'm trying to grow out of? Or is there resistance because this actually doesn't align with me anymore? And it got to a point like last year where that was the exact case with dieting. It got to the point where I kiss, I just continue to try and change my body, change my body, change my body. And then I had to eventually realize that the reason there was so much resistance there, the reason that I didn't want to eat in a calorie deficit, the reason that I kept cheating the system was because it actually just didn't align with me. It wasn't because I was shit at dieting. It wasn't because I wasn't good enough and, you know, I failed at being smaller. It was because I actually just didn't fucking care enough to make it work, you know? And I truly, truly believe that if we're not making something work, we just don't care enough about it and we're too afraid or ashamed or um, or conditioned to want to say, hey, actually don't agree with this. Hey, I actually don't feel like I want to diet anymore. We're too conditioned to say that we want something different because the rest of society is going, no, you need to want that thing. But go back to realizing that you are your own individual and that you need to live your life for yourself. You are in control of your life. You're in control of your story. Don't let society, don't let your parents, don't let your friends, your partner, who the fuck ever say anything different. Oh my goodness. Guys, I'm going to wrap it up here. If you have questions, please come to my DMs. Do not forget to subscribe. You can rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well. If you liked the episode, share it with your friends or share it to your stories. It means the absolute fucking world to me to get this podcast out there so I can reach as many people as possible so everybody can just have the most delicious life. I will speak to you all next week. I can't wait to check in, recap, and talk all things delicious again then.